Good morning, God morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and we're going to pray today. We want to feel good today. So starting off our morning with the Lord is one way of guaranteeing that. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, as I begin this day, let me turn my thoughts to you and ask your help in guiding me in everything I say and do. Give me the patience that I need to keep my peace of mind. And with life's cares, I hope, dear God, some happiness to find. Let me live but for today, not worrying what's ahead. For I have trust that you will see I get my daily bread. Give me courage to face life's trials and not from troubles run. Let me keep this thought in mind. Thy will, not mine, be done. And if some wish I do not get, though I have prayed to thee, help me to believe and understand. You know what's best for me. I've failed you many times, I know. But when tonight I rest, I hope that I can kneel and say, Dear God, I've tried my best. Amen. And listeners, that is our goal. All we have to do is try our best. Amen. And hope for each day talks about the gift of generosity. Luke 6:38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Amen. Generosity doesn't come naturally to most of us. Nope. Not the kind of generosity that the Bible urges us to have. Most of us will gladly give if we think the cause is worthy and we feel we can afford it. But the Bible urges us to go beyond that, to give sacrificially to God's work. God's work demands prayer and dedication and vision and reliance on the Holy Spirit. But it also requires our financial resources. Even Jesus' little band of disciples relied on the generosity of others to carry on their work. So never forget, everything you have been given has been given to you by God. Yes, you may have worked hard and become successful, but who gave you your abilities? And who put you in a society where it was possible to become prosperous? Please put Christ first in everything, including your finances. Christ gave his all for you, why would you do anything less for him? 
Amen. 1 Corinthians 16. It says, Now about the collection for God's people. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. Sadly, many people who visit churches are put off by what may seem like constant requests for money. But when someone complains to you about the church always asking for money, just gently remind them of two things. That first, churches actually do do something with the money they collect. Almost without exception, they use it to reach out to others, anyone that is seeking God's help, and they are definitely trying to make this world a better place. We can't object to that. And second, encourage them to look beyond their superficial impressions about Jesus and discover what he really is like by turning the new Testament Gospels by turning to them. John is a very good starting point. So this is basically an invitation to be honest. How can someone who doesn't know very much about Jesus reject him? So once you examine who Jesus was and all that he did for you, there's no way that you can remain neutral. Amen. Amen. Romans 13, 7. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you owe revenue, pay revenue. Jesus stated it clearly. You cannot serve both God and money. Yet too many people try to. <sighs> Cheating of any kind will always keep you wondering if you'll be discovered. Second, you won't like the feeling that comes with knowing that you lack integrity or that you are dishonest. But there is a deeper reason, and as the verse says, if we cheat, we are disobeying God. So, If cheating of any kind enters our mind, we need to ask ourselves, why would we even consider it? Is money that important to us? Is greed ruling us? Whatever it is, confess it and put Christ first in your life and you won't even have those thoughts. Matthew 6, 25. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things. We aren't supposed to let money become the most important thing in life. But when bills mount, it is hard for us not to become preoccupied. 
The problem is that our money can all too easily become our master instead of our servant. And that is why the Bible so often talks about money, the warning of its dangers, and urging us to put it in its rightful place. The writer of Ecclesiastes wisely observed, whoever loves money has has never had enough money and whoever loves wealth is never satisfied. Once we put Christ in our life, we can ask God to help us trust him for our needs. Our Heavenly Father knows that we need clothes, that we need food, that we need a place to live. And so we don't need to worry. He already knows. That may seem impossible, but God will give us peace as long as we learn to trust him. We also need to deal with our finances responsibly, and that is by following a realistic budget and developing a plan to pay off debt and cutting back on the use of credit cards if necessary. God warns us not to be a slave to money. We are to trust God in everything. Mark 12, 42. A poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. She, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. The basis of our giving of our giving is the tithe. One-tenth of your income belongs to God. It is God's rule and it is still valid today. Read about it in Malachi 3.10. It is written in scripture. Stay right there, listeners. We'll be right back with more prayers. Temptations abound all around us. We are tempted at every turn, some more than others, some in different areas than others but we're all tempted. The sin is not the temptation. It is in the yielding to the temptation. This scripture reminds us that we are not supposed to use our bodies as instruments of sin. We are not supposed to use our bodies as instruments of unrighteousness. We are supposed to present ourselves to God and everything about ourselves, our entire bodies, our entire beings, we are supposed to submit to God as instruments of righteousness. 
We're supposed to allow our bodies to be used in the service of God, to give him our heart, our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears. We're called to use every member of our body. We can't worship God with a heart and be unrighteous with our mouths when we're saying things about people or causing strife. We cannot worship God in our souls and use our hands to cause harm to people. We have to worship God with all of our hearts and all of our minds and use our bodies in a righteous way in service to the Holy God to do anything else goes against the will of God. Father, I ask you to help me to serve you with everything I am, with my entire being, with my entire body in righteousness. Don't let any part of my body participate in unrighteous acts. Give me the strength and the courage and the wisdom to follow your will and do your bidding. Amen. Amen. Good word. And now from Trusting God Day by Day, they quote Colossians 3:15. And let the peace, which is soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ, one's body, you were also called to live. A confident person can say no when they need to. They can endure people's displeasure and they're able to reason that if the disappointed person truly wants a relationship with them, that they will get over their disappointment and want them to be free and to make their own decisions. They realize wanting to please others can be a trap that keeps them from the freedom of saying no. So sometimes you have to say no to others in order to say yes to yourself. Otherwise you will end up bitter and resentful, feeling that somewhere in the process of trying to keep others happy You lost yourself. You are valuable and you need to do things that you want to do as well as doing things for others. When you do feel you need to say no, you don't have to give a reason why. So often people want us to justify our decisions and we really don't need to do that. I try to be led by God's spirit Or another way of saying it is to try to be led by my heart. And sometimes I don't even fully understand why I'm feeling something isn't right for me. But I have learned that if I do feel that way, I am not (laughs) going to go against my own conscience in order to have everyone else be happy with me. I often say, I just don't have peace about it, or I don't feel right about it, or even a plain old, I don't want to, 
is sufficient. There's nothing wrong with giving a reason if you have one. But I think we go overboard in trying to explain ourselves sometimes. If an offended person doesn't want to understand, they are never going to, no matter how many reasons you give. So follow your heart, listeners, and keep your peace. Say no when you need to, and say yes when you should. Trust in him. Sometimes it takes faith to say no. God wants your heart to be at peace always. So put your trust in him and don't be afraid to say no. Amen. Amen. Matthew 18, 3. Truly I say to you, unless you repent, change and turn about and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, forgiving, you can never enter the kingdom of heaven at all. Jesus said that we should become like little children if we expect to enter the kingdom of God. And I believe that one of the things that he was telling us is to study the freedom that children enjoy. They are unpretentious and straightforward. They laugh a lot. They're forgiving and trusting. Children are definitely confident, at least until the world teaches them to be insecure and fearful. Hmm. Children seem to be able to make a game out of anything. They quickly adjust. They don't have a problem letting other children be different than they are. And they're always exploring something new. They're mostly amazed by everything. The freedom after sanctification is the freedom of a child. The things that used to keep the life pinned down are gone. We definitely need to watch and study children and obey the command of Jesus to be more like them. Interesting. It is something that we have to do on purpose as we get older. We all have to grow up and be responsible, but we do not have to stop enjoying ourselves and life. God is our father and we are his children and the earth is our playground. So take time to watch children today. Learn from them. In your life, play a game. Adjust to your circumstances without any complaints. Let others be who they are and remember what it is like to be confident and bold and trust that God wants you to be just like that. Amen. 
Alleluia. Good words, good words. Trusting God day by day. Stay right there. Heavenly Father, I call on you right now in a special way. It is through your power that I was created. Every breath I take, every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour, I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with that same power. For if you created me from nothing, you can certainly recreate me. Fill me with the healing power of your spirit. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out any unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins and rebuild any damaged areas. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infection. Let the warmth of your healing love pass through my body to make new any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. And Father, restore me to full health in mind, body, and spirit so that I may serve you the rest of my life And I ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the best psalm ever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. (laughs) Amen. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, and taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. And one of my favorite prayers is where there is faith, there is love. Where there is love, there is peace. Where there is peace, there is God. Where there is God, 
There is no need. Amen. No need. I know the Lord is always with me. He is helping me. God's mighty power supports me. Amen. Dear Lord, as I open up my Bible at the start of each day, I lift my eyes to heaven and I most sincerely pray, Lord, open up my heart and mind to hear these words today. I want to understand you, Lord. Please hear these words I say. These stories that were written so many years ago hold the way to my salvation. Your word has told me so. I thank you for my life, Lord, for the blessings of your son, for my family, friends, and neighbors. I love them, everyone. And when I close my eyes, Lord, at the ending of each day, I will praise my Father up in heaven for the gifts he sent my way, for the universe he created and the lives of those I love. There is nothing greater in my life than my love for God above. There's nothing greater. Amen. Thank you for coming to pray with me. We just got some blessings started. It's going to be a great day. I look at yesterday and I can count three blessings at least. And the day before God blessed me. So I cannot wait to count the blessings of today. And like I said, we just got our blessings started. So, God is good. God is near to us. God is in relationship with us. We are getting to know him. We are loving him more and more each day. We are trusting him. We are following him and we are seeing the big changes in our life. We're seeing it. There's no way we can't. Come back tomorrow. Bye for now. If you'd like to make a contribution to pray with me, let's get these blessings started, a daily podcast, please visit anchor.fm forward slash Pamela hyphen M hyphen Staten forward slash support. Thank you.